Hello and welcome to Explorify Canada podcast. Join us as we sit with other Canadians at the roundtable. To discuss and sometimes argue about financial independence in Canada. Welcome everybody to Explorify Canada. You're listening to a Canadian personal finance podcast by Canadians for Canadians. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm from Kitchener, Ontario, and joining me is my co-host, Chrissy. Say hi. Hi, everyone. It's Chrissy. And you're from Vancouver. And we have the Money Mechanic hailing all the way from Victoria. Say hello. Hey, it's great to be back. Still nice and sunny in Victoria. Just thought I'd let you know. (laughs) That's great. It's like zero degrees or something in Ontario. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) winter has already begun. We have Value Busters Volume 2 on the books, getting recorded right now in your ears. Isn't this awesome? So we actually got a few uh, listener feedback from this. We had Todd from Twitter and Sam from England, and they both said they wanted to know what the money mechanic thought, and they wanted to hear the rest of what Chrissy and I didn't get to, because as I capped off the last episode, I didn't (laughs) manage to edit everything, and the episode went so long because Chrissy and I have a lot to complain about. So... (laughs) Without further ado, I think we should get on to the top five things the money mechanic doesn't see valuable to his life. All right. Well, I'm really happy to be here because I felt like I I missed out on the first one. You guys had some uh, good discussion, good rant going on there. So uh, thanks for having a round two. And I kind of like this series. We might have to make a a couple more shows of it, you know. And I I had to think hard about my top five because... Honestly, there's just a lot of things that I hate spending money on, but I wanted them to be like real things that really emotionally I would never spend money on. So, did you want like what like I said about Shoppers Drug Mart? Because I'm pretty sure everyone <laughs> heard like the blood dripping from my mouth when I said that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I did like the Shoppers Drug Mart one, and I I don't shop there either actually. But we have London Drugs in British Columbia, so that's kind of go to if I have to. But you know, it's like all our grocery stores have pharmacies now too, so it's just too convenient. You're already in one place. Why would you go somewhere else? Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. moving on, moving on to my number one item, and these aren't necessarily in particular order, but lottery and that kind of form of gambling is definitely right up there with my number one like how in the world can you go out and spend money on a lottery ticket like i I mean i've heard people go oh well that's uh i'm playing lottery for my retirement it's like whoa (laughs) maybe if you thought about all that money you've been spending for the last 30 years you would have thought about it differently and maybe invested in uh some index funds i don't know something simple but the whole gambling thing you know my grandfather said to me a long time ago Never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. And I've always believed in that. And it just makes sense, doesn't it? Why would you gamble with money you can't afford to lose? And I'm not saying that if you go to Vegas and you love blackjack, that you could allocate 20 bucks and go have, you know, and have an experience. But the point is, like, I think there's just too much mindless spending on day-to-day gambling. Like you're in the grocery store. Here's my 20 bucks. Give me the 649 or whatever it is. I don't know. I look in there and there's like, I don't even know how to play the lottery. There's so many options. now. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, there's like all these signs and it's $20 million or $50 million. And I was like, why? What's such a waste? Yeah, I agree. It's on my list too. And I- Is it? Okay. It's it's actually one of the things on my list, but I say they call it a, 
attacks on people who are bad at math. So I refuse to buy lottery tickets too. That's a great line. I love that one. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was I, used to describe insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I totally resonate with what you're saying because I know at my work, there is a lottery pool that guys will buy into. And it just blows my mind because guys will be like 20 bucks every week. Just throw it in the pot. Like a bunch of us are all going to quit one day. Huh, huh, huh. No, you're not. You're just wasting your money. And you're right. Your grandfather's right. If you If you can't afford it, you shouldn't buy it. And in my opinion, all three of us are still on our path to FI. So we can't afford to just blow money on lottery tickets. Not exactly. Like, and honestly, I don't even, like, I understand the thrill of, of a game. You know, if you're sitting down having a game of poker with some friends, or if you're, you know, the excitement of a casino atmosphere, I kind of understand how some people mm-hmm. get an experience from that. But I just don't get any value experience from a lottery is it is it the 10 minutes you sit and watch them drawing the numbers is that it is that worth your 50 bucks or 20 bucks a week or whatever it is like it i maybe i just don't relate to that at all and mm. coming from a family that never bought any lottery tickets i just the this, this revenues from lottery are staggering like the the business itself is staggering which means there's that many people that are just throwing that money away yeah you're right i, I do think there is a difference between heading to your convenience store and filling out scratch tickets and heading to a casino for an experience. Like you mentioned, a trip to Vegas, you got $200, you plan on losing every single penny, but you're going to sit at the blackjack table all night getting free drinks and just having a fun time with some friends. I'm okay with that. It's planned in advance. You know, you know your limit. That's the whole Ontario gambling logo, by the way. Know your limit, play within it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I like I said, I, I don't want to denounce gambling because if you get an experience, fine. But as, as a whole, <laughs> I'm against spending money on gambling. That's my my first one, my number one. And I call, I don't even know if the lotto is gambling. It's just the lottery. It's just dirty. It's a dirty word mm. for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go on to your number two. I want to see what else is on your hit list. All right. Well, <laughs> switching gears a little bit. Number two is, okay, I don't even understand why there's like these frozen food aisles in the grocery store. Like every one of them, the middle of the store has got these frozen food aisles. I never buy frozen dinners, like those prepackaged frozen oh. convenience foods. Like I don't even, the only reason I go down this aisle, well, okay, I'll back that up. There's two reasons. Well, one's frozen blueberries for a smoothie <laughs> when they're on sale. And <laughs> the very, very rare occasion that this house has a uh, some ice cream in it. But other than that, like that whole aisle is lost on me. And I literally wanted to, you know, when I do wander down it, I'm looking at it going, this is like every type of meal you could imagine that's frozen in plastic and cardboard and you just stick it in your microwave and there's your convenient dinner for $12.99 or whatever. And it just blows my mind because... I guess, you know, I've talked about food on the FI Garage podcast before and how it's easy to make a batch. And we make our own frozen meals because they're leftovers of good homemade meals. I totally get it that some of us don't have time. We have children. You want to be able to pull out a frozen pizza and throw it in the oven. I do understand that that why they're so prevalent in the stores. But I also think, you know, with a little bit of planning and forethought, you can make your own healthy frozen dinners without resorting to what's in the grocery store. Yeah, I was going to say one of the few things we buy is frozen pizza, but I know you are a pizza snob, so that's something. (laughs) (laughs) Chrissy, Chrissy, Chrissy. I could handle the three cars, but frozen pizza? (laughs) 
Okay, let me just back this up a second here. I am not a pizza snob. I am. Okay. No, no, no. Hold on. I I just told Ryan I had a leftover pizza pizza before the show. Okay, we have right now we have leftover pizza because I've been volunteering at the Curran Club and we missed dinner last night. So my point is the leftover pizza will be eaten in the fridge. At no point will it go in the freezer and be saved. That was my whole frozen pizza point. <laughs> you know what? There's something I want to point out here, though, that's really important about people who who shop for food. Because I know a lot of people say, oh, I just want fresh, natural ingredients. And that's a very expensive and ideological ideological way to go about buying your food. It's okay to go to the frozen aisle and pick out the frozen bag of peas and the frozen bag of blueberries and what have you. There's no nutritional difference between fresh blueberries and frozen blueberries. They're identical, assuming they come from the same place. So, but then you'll get the people who are like, oh, well, now I can get my frozen, yeah, TV dinner, right? You know, my two pieces of chicken and a brownie or something. I don't know. I ate a lot of those during my teenage years. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It was not healthy. Yeah, I guess it comes down to you should, I think, you know, part of the path to FI, right, is optimization. So you should, I get it that a lot of people aren't great in the kitchen, but it's really not hard to learn a few sort of basic meals that you're comfortable cooking, that you enjoy eating, that you know how to shop for, that kind of like become automatic, right? So these are the things that the reason I never go down that aisle and it's just, I I don't know what to say about it. Like make your own frozen dinners. I get the frozen dinner Mm -hmm. thing, but make your own. I think it's safe to say if you shop the frozen aisle for stuff that comes in a cardboard box, might not be doing it right. Yeah, I guess that's probably a good way to put it. Because I agree with you, the frozen veggies and fruit. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Why not? That's convenience, right? That works for us. It stays in the freezer. We get to use it longer and uh, it goes well in the smoothie. It gives it a a little bit more texture. (laughs) Well, (laughs) right. And and, and that's the thing. That's a big one is texture, right? So if you are going to pull something from the freezer and thaw it, it needs to be mixed with something else. Like you can freeze cheese. You can freeze milk. You can freeze a whole lot of stuff. And my freezer is full of food that wasn't originally frozen before. The key is, is that you need to cook it and to make it into something else or else the texture is going to be off. And then you'll get these foodies on the internet saying, you just want fresh, natural ingredients. No, you don't. Well, I'm glad you said you need to cook it because you ever actually tried to cut a block of frozen cheese after it's thawed out, it becomes, it changes its yeah. matter state and it turns into like crumbled feta. Yeah. I, I think that's how they make feta is they put cheese in the freezer, thaw it, and then it crumbles. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you can never use it for melting again. You have to mix it into a sauce or something. It changes chemical mm-hmm. formula somehow. Totally. It's, I don't know. It's one of those wonders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was, you would never just mix skim milk powder and then pour it over cereal. Like only a sadist would do that, right? So you need to <laughs> use it in a recipe, like your cookies or your baking, and then that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, convenience frozen food, that's kind of up there on my list. All right. Well, Chrissy, let's turn it over to you. Let's hear uh, something that you mentioned on Value Busters 1 that never made the episode due to my poor editing skills. Let's go. (laughs) So the top one in the second list is drinks at restaurants. So that could be pop or alcohol or juice. We just avoid it just because the markup is enormous, especially on alcohol. And it's usually just not very healthy. So so we stick to water, except for uh, rare occasions where we, we're having a, a special event or something. So that's, that's one on my list. Yeah, I actually deliver a lot of pop bibs for my job. 
um, because I work in food service and I get to see the prices of a lot of these things. And I, I, I don't know how much they make, but the entire bib itself usually only costs between like 50 to $120. It's not an expensive purchase for them to just hook up the syrup to the machine and have it start pouring out tons of Pepsi or what have you. It is insane how much money they make. And of course, you know, they have to they have to buy it and they have to only go with one supplier and whatnot. There's a bit added cost to it for them. But yeah, that's how they make their money. Boston Pizza wouldn't exist if it couldn't sell drinks. It would go out of business in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's not because the food is bad. Well, I mean, that's debatable, I guess, for some people. I like the food, but you know, the drinks are the drinks are everything. Without the drinks, half of the restaurants would close in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The margins are huge, especially on alcoholic beverages. The margins are just amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this, this I wouldn't goes, know. <laughs> <laughs> this goes for theme parks too. When we travel and we go to Disneyland or Universal, we just bring our water bottles and we fill them with ice in the morning and the, just refill them with water at water fountains throughout the day. And it's free. Whereas people talk about these. Uh, endless or bottomless cups that you can buy at these parks and they seem like a deal but really they're they're expensive and they're so bad for you because you're just drinking sugar all day long so we avoid those too (laughs) this kind of rolls into one that i had on my list anyway so i'm just going to throw it down right now because chrissy brought up drinks and going out and stuff mine is right along the same lines with soda and sports drinks like holy crap, I go into a gas station now and there's a wall, like a dedicated wall that is sports drinks. Mm-hmm. And and I'm making a generalization there because there's all types of energy drinks. I can't even name them because I just ignore the whole thing. But, you know, the energy drinks, the rehydration drinks, the sodas, the juices, it's unfreaking believable how much choice you have in there. And every one of them's two bucks or more unless you got the buy three because you need three 800 milk Gatorades, right? For five bucks. So it's, it's right along exactly what Chrissy said is, is buying, spending your money mindlessly because guaranteed you're not about to cross a desert. You can make it to a water faucet within the next hour (laughs) and refresh yourselves. You do not need to spend that money. It's like people stop for gas. Now they're within a hundred K of home. And it's like, well, I'm going to need that rehydration to make it through. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, unless you're stranded in the middle of a desert and the only vending machine there is popping out energy drinks, Explorify Canada does not approve of your convenience store purchases of Rockstar and Monster and all those other junky. Just all of them are just sugar laden garbage. Like they make them taste good, but there's there's you have zero need for them, zero need whatsoever, right? And okay. I used to play sports. I've gotten a little older, <laughs> but let's be fair. No. You know, maybe maybe you maybe you want some Gatorade for your kid after their soccer game. Right? Okay, I get that, right? But you can buy the crystals in the grocery store for like an eighth of the price. You can mix it appropriately, not incredibly strong, like they come out of the jar. You can use a reusable container. Use your own water. And you can make that drink. They can still have a rehydration drink on a hot day when your kids are out playing sports or, or whatnot. I'm not saying, you know, Gatorade's terrible and you never want to drink it in your life, but I think spending three bucks on it just because you drove past a stopped in at a gas station is stupid. That's a good point. I forgot about those crystals. We used to use them before we had kids, and I think we'll do that again because my kids do like the occasional Gatorade. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's fair. I'm not like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But my point is that you're going into a a store. Usually you're not going in there specifically for that, right? If you're grocery shopping and you go, okay, let's get some drink crystals for uh, Junior's soccer tournament this weekend. That's fine. But generally you stop to fill, put gasoline in your car and you've walked in and there's the wall of advertisement there and you go, well, yeah, maybe I'll just treat myself to that. And boom, then you buy a bag of chips and maybe this is convenient store spending, which I've ranted about before. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boom, there goes 10 bucks on absolute zero nutritional value and completely unnecessary for you. Totally agree. Well, With insane we, markups. We- <laughs> yeah. Oh, the markups are brutal, right? Like I'm the guy, I think they don't like me. There's one gas station I will stop at when I'm... <laughs> I, just, I always like a story that begins with, I don't think they like me. Please continue. <laughs> So I I was last earlier this year, I was driving up Vancouver Island a lot to go to work, right? And this is a five-hour drive. So I can't make it five hours in one shot. But there's this really convenient Petrocan gas station that's about two and a half, two and three quarter hours in, right? So it's like, okay, my, my water bottle from home is now empty and my bladder is full. <laughs> the car still has enough gas. So it's like I roll into this uh, Petrocan and it's always like around you know, 9.30, 9.45 in the morning and it's still full of people filling up on crappy gar- um, gas station coffee, grabbing these plastic lunches and I just beeline it. I go into the bathroom and then I come back out and kind of just look around. Now I've got a full water bottle and I fill it up with gas station tap water. Okay, that's me. It's a Nalgene bottle that I've had forever and I go back out and I jump in my car and I drive away and I haven't spent a cent. Well, my grandma would say I've spent a penny, but that's another saying. Um, (laughs) And they just, they hate it because one lady recognizes me. She's always on shift. (laughs) And I'm just like smiling, wait, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the free water, sucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the plumbing and free water. I'm not going to lie, I squirmed just a little bit when you said you fill it up with the faucet from the gas station sink. I'm like, oh, like, that's, that's dedication right there. I don't know if I'll do that. Well, you know what? I'll do it over spending two bucks on a water and having a wasted another wasted plastic container, right? Because let's be fair here. On, on Vancouver Island, our water quality is fantastic. Like there's, there's basically nowhere on, on this island that I won't just drink tap water. And Part of the reason I stop at that gas station as well as its convenience is it was built in like within the last 10 years. So I have a little more faith in its plumbing than some of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know, a dirty tap from a clean one, right? I mean, you can't see the bacteria, totally. but you, you can, yeah. you can look around. And if the standard is that they clean the washroom, then you should be good enough. <laughs> Well, I'm just throwing it out there that I completely boycott all gas stations that have the single tap faucet now and it spits out lukewarm water because I can't fill my water bottle up there. It pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we just stop. I'd like to slow down just a second. I want, first off, I want Money Mechanic to just start breathing because I feel like yeah, I'm getting, getting worked out. Getting worked out. You've, you've been coming out swinging. Like Christy and I were just kind of bantering back and forth, but you're just like, let's get this <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm mad. I don't talk a lot about I don't talk a lot about what I don't spend that because it gets me worked up. I, I feel like <laughs> I can just see you right now, just shaking your fist while you're just yelling in your garage right now. <laughs> no, I took this one upstairs today. I'm sitting and looking at the nice sunny day, so I'm a little calmer. Oh, that's good. So the uh, vein in your forehead doesn't have to protrude as far. <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah. 
All right. Let's hear yours. We haven't heard you yet. Yeah, I think we're on to mine. So right before I cut off Value Busters one, I was about to rip into retail banks. So that's what I'm going to go in for now. So I don't step into gas stations and buy stuff. And I certainly don't step into banks and ask for advice or withdraw money from the teller or anything like that. And the reason why is because the entire store is designed to look like an Apple store, at least the RBC is. And I know that because I worked there. I worked there from 2013 to 2014. I was a teller and everything was sales, 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 sales. Yes, provide the customer service, but guess what? You're going to swipe their card into this program. You're going to bring up their accounts and then you're going to swipe your card into this program. And you're going to bring up all the sales items that you could possibly sell these people. And the entire system is really just generated to get you to up your limit on your credit card, buy travel insurance you don't need. And the list goes on. Do you need a TFSA? Well, my number one job was to just get your butt into the chair in front of some dude who's going to pressure you to put $25 into a TFSA because that's the minimum he needs to get a unit or a sale. So I don't step into those retail stores because that's exactly what they are. They're no longer banks, they're stores. They're stores to buy their products. So I prefer to keep everything online and I go with something like Tangerine or Simply, Quest Trade, uh, Wealth Simple. I try to take the human element out of it because I'm very easy to peer pressure, <laughs> unfortunately. And I, I, have, I would have a hard time sitting in someone's chair for an hour and not walking out with whatever they sold me. I'm just being honest. That's funny. We don't have banks like that here. Do you money mechanic? I've never seen one in Vancouver where it's like a cafe of any kind. I, you know, I kind of have, um, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. There's a, I think it's a TD wealth center that's downtown here. And it, yeah, it kind of looks like it's coffee shop style set up for, for banking. And I'll agree with that. I, I don't use those. I do have uh, a TD account at a branch, mm-hmm. but it is afforded to me with perks that I need. But uh, yeah, I don't, I never go in and sit down with somebody and feel like I'm being uh, sold. I'm yeah. My main, my main gripe is not that, you bank with the big five. I have an RBC account as well. My mortgage is with them. So I, I have the, and I also have a credit card because it gets me um, three cents off at Petro Canada. So I, I have products from RBC and I use them specifically because I'm very familiar with them being a past employee, but it's not that you can't use the products. It's just that you shouldn't be stepping into the bank all the time, especially the ones at least here in Ontario, because they are not designed for customer service. Even though you can get that, you kind of have to wad through the iPads and the giant display tables of all their products and the propaganda everywhere. Like there's no queue line anymore. There isn't. At oh, least. that's interesting. No, I, I, I will have a picture up on the show notes so people can see what I'm talking about. It's called retail by design. And this is literally what they're going for. They want to walk around like, the Apple employees do at the Apple store and just talk to you about TFSAs like they're a sexy new iPhone and see if they can rope you into that. That's crazy. It's completely different from anything I've experienced here. Like I go into my bank. I go, I bank at Scotiabank. I go Mm -hmm. to the teller. I tell them what I need. And I, I, I can't remember the last time I was, they tried to sell me anything. I, I really can't. Wow. Yeah. They usually get frustrated with me because the time I did sit down with them, I asked them a lot of questions that they didn't know the answers to. Yeah, so. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. They're often shocked. They're like, you should be doing what I do. Cause like, yeah. you know a lot. Like, I don't think I know that much. These are pretty basic things. Well, it's funny. Cause when I would swipe through clients, credit cards, um, or pardon me, their, their, uh, client cards, and I would, uh, hit a button called view wall and it shows me 
every single product they have. So their mortgage and all that stuff rather than just what I need to do, which is usually just access their checking or savings account. And it'll show all their investments and everything. And it'll tell me if they have a TFSA with RBC or not, because if no TFSA shows up, then I assume not. And then that's a selling point for me. And I make a commission if I get their butt into a chair in front of a in front of an advisor. And I use the term advisor very, very loosely. So, yeah, <laughs> right. That's, that's a whole other gripe. But so I would swipe in their stuff. And if I ever saw anybody with uh, RBC DI, so direct investing accounts, I'd even bother. Like I just literally, I just shut down. I was like, see you later, buddy. Like I can't sell you nothing because I just assume that you're DIY. You just do your own thing. And I can't, I can't possibly add value to your life, but it's the people who go in and they have a bunch of credit card debt and there's no savings accounts. Like they're the primary target number one a hundred percent of the time that's terrible yeah that's that is terrible yeah hmm. yeah i didn't even realize that was going on to that extent yeah it's just i don't know it's just something I, I don't like um i i didn't like having to sell people especially because at my branch happened to be located right beside a senior home so you get a lot of old folks oh, no. coming in i i know i know it, it's not it's not as bad as it sounds but you know it's it's very easy to be like all right hello gene you want to renew your GIC? Of course you do. Come on in, you know, and we're going to up your credit card limit from 2000 to 5000 just in case you never know what little Ronnie might need, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's just very easy to coerce people. And it's something that I wasn't entirely comfortable with. And it wasn't something you're entirely paid very well to do, especially as a teller. So rather than work my way up the chain, I said, screw it, I'll go work in a warehouse. <laughs> and that's a little bit about me. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's switch on over then. So we're going to hit up, I think it's point number four for you, Money Mechanic. Coming back to me again? Okay. Uh, well, that, I might catch a little bit of flack for this one, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because this is, this is personal. This is the personal things that we don't spend money on, right? So uh, I'm going with consumer electronics. And before you jump all over me, let me qualify that statement with why I'm saying consumer electronics, because obviously I have a laptop in front of me and a Bluetooth headset on so I can communicate with you. So it's not like I'm a Luddite and I'm completely against anything consumer electronic, but the laptop that I have in front of me, I purchased used for about one third of its original purchase price. We have stereo upstairs in the kitchen and actually the one in the FI garage stereo too. They're $10 thrift store Sony models that I guess they don't work anymore because they had like the iPhone 4 plug-in. So, oh my goodness, you had to throw it out because it's got that. So, you know, we listen to the radio anyway. We still listen to the radio. And yeah, the guys have made fun of me on the FI Garage podcast too about having an iPhone 5. But hey, you know what? It does everything it needed to do. And I bought it used three years ago for like 150 bucks. So I guess the point I'm making about consumer electronics is I shop for quality used items whenever possible to save me money. We have a TV and that's fine. It was a demo model that I bought at a great price. The point I'm making is I don't go out and consistently upgrade the electronics around the house to the latest and greatest models for no other reason than to have something newer. We have what functions. The money's sunk cost. It's gone already, right? So if, if there's a need for something to be replaced, then I'll spend a lot of time researching how the best way to replace it is. Uh, I think just going to, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I stepped into a Best Buy or something like that. Not only because we can shop online now, which is a great way of comparison shopping, but I just don't believe in wasting or spending all that money on all these devices that 
I just don't see value in it and I just don't use. Silence. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. For Chrissy. I got, I got a bunch of to say. First off, you listen to the radio. What? Okay. Chrissy go. No, I agree with money mechanic. I also am not a gadget person and I am not a early adopter. My husband, on the other hand, he does like gadgets, but since discovering Fi, he has really reined himself in and he's, very patient. He will. He he also is not an early adopter, and he will wait for things to be a little older and try to find them used at work when he can, because they have a, a good classified section at work where people can barter or or sell things, and it's from someone you kind of trust because you know that they work with you. So most likely, whatever they sell you is still in working condition, and in, and there's nothing wrong with it. So uh, yeah, I I am in the same boat as money mechanic, but I live with someone who's who likes gadgets, but he does find more economical ways to to partake in that passion of his. It's funny because when we gripe about certain things on our episodes, we, I kind of forget sometimes that it's like, yeah, like we all have spouses. So if we don't like it, is it because that the other one does it? Or is it, you know, like, <laughs> are we are we kind of saying like, yeah, and I don't like it. And I wish my wife would stop buying Pop-Tarts, you know, or something like that. <laughs> If but only it's, it was this cheap. It's an important, <laughs> but it's an important uh, thing to talk about, you know, with said spouse. You know, if Pop-Tarts are really on your mind and consumer electronics, there's an endless o- array of products to buy and upgrade over and over again. And it's important to have that conversation with your spouse. I know when, my, when I moved into my home in 2016, I told my wife, I said, these, the larger appliances, the stove, all that, they don't match. Um, they're ugly white, so they match in that regard, but the brands are different and they're just old. And you could tell that they came with the home and it all just felt very outdated. And I said, we're going to replace this hands down within a year or two. And it's been three years so far. And actually my wife brought it up maybe about a month ago. And she said, are we going to replace these? Cause I'd like a new oven if possible kind of thing. And I was like, no. Can't you tell I'm on the path to fly? I'm not I'm not replacing my electronics. They work. My oven works, so why would I replace it kind of thing? And yeah, it's it's kind of it brought upon a, a more interesting in-depth conversation where it's like at what point should we save money and at what point should we kind of you know, meet in the middle and say, "Okay, well, I understand that this path to fly is not as important to you, so maybe we should get a new oven because that's what you want." And it's, it's not going to break the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking specifically about appliances, but I kind of, yeah, I resonate with that a little bit too. I mean, we bought our house five years ago. None of the appliances have been changed. Well, no, sorry. I did buy a used washer and dryer set because I made my own into stackers. Mm-hmm. I, I built a little alcove and I made two into stackers. I never, they didn't come as stackers, but I made them stackers. That's anyway. amazing. My wife about that. She'll laugh because there is a, Herc strap involved, you no know, ratchet strap. There's one of those involved, but hey, it's been safe and it works fine. But yeah, like our stove, I literally, I am going to take a picture ask, for the show notes. I was going to yeah. picture for the show <laughs> yes. notes. There's going to be a whole photo album up there, guys. Take a look. <laughs> My stove, I'm like, I'm looking at it right now because I'm sitting upstairs. It's the Provencal 60 from like, it is literally from the 70s. Really? But, I'll tell you what, it works freaking awesome. Like, it works perfectly. I mean, I did have to get in and do a little wiring repair on the uh, upper element of the stove. But, hey, that's what I do. I'm the mechanic. So, yeah, I like, you know, and the wife is kind of 
she's she's totally fine with it because she knows she agrees too. It's like it works perfectly. Why would we change it? It ca- it kind of like you know the retro look kind of does come back every once in a while. So <laughs> is it olive green? No, no, it's it's kind of a nice uh, a nice beige. I was going to oh. say it's a shiny yellow for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, it would definitely get changed if it was like that ugly yellow or yeah. like the avocado green or yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with like if it works and it's sensible, why would I go out and spend money to replace it? And the sad part is, well, I mean, I know there's a used market for a lot of this stuff, and and I have to say that you know this this may not apply to the rest of our listeners across Canada, but I'm really, really lucky in the Victoria area that we have a fantastic um, used market. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Restore before. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a used building supply type store that's run by Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, awesome. And we have got, yeah, and I've got probably half dozen thrift stores within a, you know, five kilometer radius of where I live and I'm in, in close to the city. So there's always used appliances, used electronics, things like that. So it makes it worthwhile to shop that way for me first before I have to consider going out to Home Depot or Lowe's and, and shopping for a new dishwasher, right? Yeah. And not to mention, not to mention I'm the guy that gets in there and will fix the stuff first before it ever leaves my house. So no, for sure. that's kind of why the whole con- the whole consumer electronics thing. And I'm glad you brought the appliance into that. Cause I was thinking more about the, uh, the really unnecessary stuff, like the uh, actual entertainment side of uh, electronics. But I think, sorry, I want to inter- interject here because it's important that I do bring yeah, yeah. up the larger appliances. Maybe you're about to make this point, but you notice how like you can get ones with like screens and like smart fridges and they connect to your phone and you have like, you have the Samsung app now that can connect to all your appliances and Alexa and blah, 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 blah. Like the list goes on. Uh, they're starting to blend those once in a lifetime purchases or once every 20 year purchases into you need to constantly upgrade because your 2006 fridge isn't connected to your Wi-Fi. Don't you guys see a problem with that? You know, no, I don't. In fact, my wife was reading something on Twitter the other day and they said, um, uh, this new fridge is so smart. It'll tell you on your phone if you left it open. And someone responded, if it's so smart, why didn't you just close the door? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like, I don't need it to connect to my phone and tell me. It just needed to close. Okay. The next thing on my list is personal care services like spas manicures, pedicures, eyelash extensions, all those kinds of things. I just, I I don't care enough to put money into these kinds of things. They're a big cost and it, it also requires a lot of fuss to make it happen. I have to plan childcare, have to find the time, have to find a deal. So I, I avoid those kinds of things. I did get a spa certificate once as a bridal shower gift and eh, it was okay. I, I, I I am too active, like, I guess I'm, I'm not a physically active person, but I I don't like just sitting there doing nothing. You know, even if I'm sitting there watching TV with my husband, I am folding laundry or I'm doing some mending or something. I just, I hate lying there doing nothing. So I'm just not into all that kind of stuff. This is an interesting one. <laughs> Money mechanic, yes or no, do you go to the nail salon? <laughs> Uh, that's a big negative there. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> I I know I live in a higher income neighborhood and there are moms that I know who regularly get 
eyelash extensions and it looks so pretty but it's just it's expensive and it's really bad for your eyes because you can they use chemicals and they're stuck on your eyelashes and they could pull out your real eyelashes over time so i i just avoid all that you know i think this is an it's an interesting subject because for us it's easy to sit here and say, oh, we'd never spend money on that. And I've thought about this too before on some other commentary that, uh, that not necessarily that we've made, but I've made on podcasts about, you know, when it comes to, you know, we'll kind of group this into the, like the personal grooming fashion type thing altogether, right? And I don't live in a world where I need to have fancy work clothes or have fancy nails to go to work if you're, you know, whatever the requirements are that you feel you need, man or woman, to fit into that kind of uh, corporate culture that, to me, kind of has that stereotype mm-hmm. is, you know, you got to have perfectly coiffed hair, you need to have nice clothes, you need to be, you need to use these, um, what do you want to call them, products or services mm-hmm. to feel that you fit into that world. And, and I'm not, I'm so far removed from that, that it's hard to comment on and it's hard to kind of understand. No, but yeah, that's th- a good point. There are places where where you work that you have to buy certain apparel, like a suit and tie and whatnot. I mean, I worked for the bank. That's actually a, a very, very good one. I was paid $14 an hour at RBC. It's not exactly a lot of money, but I had to show up with a suit and tie every single time. And if I wore the same thing over and over again, I'd probably be laughed at, right? Especially by all the other guys and the big wigs there that are making 100K or 200K you know, selling investments with high mutual fund fees. And it's, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a huge value buster for people because when you factor in the amount of taxes you pay, the Timmy's you drive through and the clothes you have to wear to the job, it's a huge value buster to actually work there. Yeah, well, I think that's, I'm trying to kind of agree with Chrissy's point there that it is, it is unnecessary or she doesn't see the value in that spending. And I think it's important for people that perhaps do spend money on that because of their choice of line of work or where they live or what that, that it's just something else to sort of take a look at and, and say, okay, well, these are the costs that are, that I am spending because of these choices I've made in corporate culture or my job. And hey, those aren't going to be costs for you once you're FI, right? So it's, yeah, it's an interesting one, all the personal services, because there's a ton out there now, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes back again, like to the point where, we're not here to judge anyone. And I think if it brings you value, it makes your day to get these things done. Go for it. It's a small treat. Like really, in the grand scheme of things, these things are not super expensive. You know, go for it. If it's something that brings you value and you really, really enjoy it, do it. Right. We're talking about things we don't spend money on. We're not saying you shouldn't spend money on it if it has uh, appropriate value in your life, for sure. Yeah. I think the way I look at it mostly is there's a difference between fixed expenses and discretionary expenses. And if you go to the nail salon randomly once a year or you know twice in one year because there's a wedding or something like that, go for it. I don't think anyone's going to stick their nose up at you, at least certainly not any of us. Because that's it's a once in a lifetime thing. But if you do it every single Friday, you because you you need nice nails for your job. I I hope you're compensated for it. Is <laughs> all I'm saying. I certainly wasn't compensated for all the expensive suits I bought. Now I could have bought cheaper, but I was dumb and young, so I probably earned about seven dollars an hour working at RBC when it was all said and done. Yeah, more people need to sit down and figure out what their true cost of working is. That's been talked about before. That's a good one. That's a future podcast episode if I've ever heard one. 
<laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay, do we want to go one more and then uh, call it, save the rest for Value Busters 3? Chrissy, uh, I've got one more, but you guys go ahead if you got one. Ryan, I think we only heard one from you. Yeah, but I think I've been doing a fair bit of talking, so this is this is your episode, buddy. You do it. <laughs> well, I kind of, I'm, I'm betwixt and between here for my last one. I don't know what I'm going to use, but I'm going to go with one that we kind of talked a little bit more about during the show, or I talked about a little bit earlier on, so... I won't make it into as much of a rant, <laughs> but this may upset you. It's a nice, bit, Ryan. soothing uh-huh. voice, and I will be okay. All right. Well, I refuse to spend money at fast food establishments. I can hate you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I'm just, it's just my pension. That's all. You know, no, I, I know. I realize that. Yeah. So I, I did develop a very, very small ice cap addiction while I was working in high level Alberta this summer, which I have since kicked. So, you know, that was just a little small period, a little blip in the radar here. No, I think what I'm trying to say in in the fast food spending is it's along a similar lines, right? As the food things I talked about earlier in the show, it's a convenience factor. It's a time thing. I just don't like the food to be honest with you. And, and I mean, I won't go into the exact details of the restaurants, but most of them have a drive through or a sandwich counter that should suffice <laughs> to uh, generalize it enough. And I just, I know you said you hate drive-thrus and I hate them more than anything in the world. And the food, like I just don't ever see the time or the need for me to eat fast food. And I'm not going to say I've never done it because there's been a couple, you know, McDonald's breakfasts in my past that were warranted after a weekend of camping or whatnot. But the fact of the matter is again, I'm never far enough away that I can't make it home to get a snack or make a meal. Or my go-to choice for lunch work is is a pre-shop. Even if it's during my lunch hour at work, I'll go out and spend 15 minutes in the grocery store picking up some groceries for the next three days to keep it work. I have the luxury of having a fridge and a lunchroom. Okay, I get that everybody doesn't have that. And I've worked jobs where I'm on the road all day, and it's much more difficult. But I think we're just succumbing to the ultimate sort of waste of money and convenience is just, oh, well, let's hit the fast food place on the way home or like you're taking the kids in there after the sports game or whatever. It's it's fast food for a reason, right? But I just don't think it's valuable. And it's something that I personally choose to really avoid. I, You know, I'll kind of use, I'll channel some inner Mr. Money mustache where I go, you know what? I don't even need this meal. I can last another hour before I can get to another food source at home or whatnot, you know? And uh, yeah, so it's just something that's just not valuable to me. So yes, as everybody knows, I make my living by delivering fast food to restaurants. So the money mechanic doesn't want to see me or my family survive the long winter. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I've done a fair amount of griping on drive throughs That was in Value Busters 1. And I completely agree with you. I mean, a lot of the places I go to, I don't, I deliver there. I don't actually spend money on fast food. And I think, again, this is so hard because it comes down to lifestyle, right? Like, I get it that there's people across Canada that have like these huge commutes or have a lot of activities with their kids. And it just fits that kind of, you're like, okay, what are we going to do for dinner? Oh, we'll grab something on the way to baseball practice mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. I, I get it. That's why they exist and that's why they're so successful. I don't plan my time any better than anybody else, believe me. But I really force myself to refuse that convenience 
and wait until I can come up with a better option. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'm saying. No, we try to do the same. It, with kids, it is admittedly harder because they get when they're hungry, they're hangry. <laughs> you got to feed them. So, so, can you say you, hangry one more time? I really like the way you said that. Hangry. Hangry. That was my, awesome. my, little, my younger one, he gets especially hangry. He just loses it when he's hungry. So, so we, we have to really time our shopping trips and our outings well. But it's shocking when it's four of us going out to eat. And now my oldest, he eats like more than my husband. He could eat two full burgers. You know, It's not good enough to just get a six-piece nuggets. He has to have the full whatever burgers on special, the double patties and all that. So he needs two of those to feel full. And it's outrageous how much the bill comes to when it's the four of us eating. So we really also try to avoid fast food because it's not good quality. Uh, they like the taste. Uh, I'm so-so on it. But it, it just is definitely a value buster for four people. Chrissy, you're a camper. So oftentimes when you guys head out, you know, to, to go set up a tent somewhere, you're bringing a cooler full of stuff. So is that something that you can do on seemingly any other outing, you know, put totally. a cooler in the, yeah. in the trunk and just make it, even if you have to get a hotel that comes with a little bit of um, like a kitchenette or whatever to cook or even just to, I don't know, pour yourself a bowl of cereal or something. Like, isn't that something that you can do? I'm pretty sure Mr. Money Mustache has an article on this exact thing that you should be packing up a cooler regardless of where you're going to travel. Yeah, we do. Especially in the summer when I go out with my sister, we try to avoid as much as possible eating out because it adds that we're out almost every single day. We can't be eating out every single day. So we usually bring fruit and waters and all kinds of dry snacks and then we pack a sandwich or a thermos lunch so that we don't have to buy and it, it's so much nicer to just sit outside find a nice spot sit together and just eat our lunch so yeah we we do that or when we're traveling we we pack whatever we can in the car so we don't have we can minimize what we have to buy on the road so yeah it's true there's lots you can do to save money even if you're on the road yeah, well, I just want to say that I always pack a cooler because then you got some nice ice cold beer when you get to your destination. <laughs> you guys picked on me about buying alcohol, but I, I totally respect where you guys from the last episode. I totally respect that. And, you know, it's a choice. And to be fair, to be fair, a really nice craft beer is an experience. Okay. So that's, I guess that's a weak justification, but it's my justification. So anyway, it was, uh, thanks for doing this second episode. It was good to, I think I vented more than I gave value busters, but, uh, Anyway, I think people heard a few of my opinions, and that's just what they are. They're just my opinions, and good to hear about that banking. That's really interesting. I think I'll have to check that out next time I'm in Ontario. I mm -hmm. uh, would love to hear what the listeners think of our value busters and maybe uh, some feedback with some of your own. Yes, thank you for everyone who gave us feedback on our last show. We think it's so much fun when you guys talk to us and tell us how you think we're doing and if you have any suggestions for other episodes. We, we always love to hear from you. So please comment on our blog, a like on our Facebook posts when we share on the Wednesday thread in the Choose FI Canada group, or uh, contact us on Twitter, all the ways that you can contact us. We love hearing from you. So please do get in touch. Thanks for listening. You can find all our show notes at explorifycanada.ca. If you like what you're hearing, help us grow by sharing this show with friends and family. Please subscribe and leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us at our own blogs, figarage.ca, canadianfire.ca, or eatsleepbreathefy.com. 
Our music today was provided by Purple Planet. We'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk then.